Ziploc. Give it up for Zachary Caballero. Hi, you're listening to the Right About Now Poetry Podcast. My name is Davis Land, and this week we are featuring Zachary Caballero. He is a poet, organizer, energy enthusiast, professional optimist, mover and shaker, and the co-founder of the UT Spitshine Poetry Team. Zach's words have brought him all over the country, and now he's here at Right About Now. The eighth grade version of me who gave himself the nickname Ziploc is dancing in his pants right now. Uh, thank you all for being here. My cheeks are going to be doing this a lot because uh, I like people and I like poetry. When they come together, I just, I bloom. I am sitting under a tree when all of a sudden form matters. I should probably be more specific. I am sitting under a tree when all of a sudden my form matters. The branches of my body interrupt the sky so quietly. I cannot understand how my skin can crack into a thousand almond pieces and still be enough to snap the sunlight in two when suddenly I remember it is spring in Texas and I am a sap for seasons that surrender and people that know how to too. On days when the wind is a wish, it is impossible to trace the blue in the sky without becoming it. I kiss a blue bonnet with lips light as fever, and the entire state of Texas erupts in cold sweats. I set my sun hands against my body and break into myself to see what fruit is left. I am forever finding fields of lost treasure, so most days, all I can think of is the buried bloom within. Now this must be what the earth feels too, when we consume her heirlooms, and, tell our, and don't tell our tongues a slow dance in the chew. When Vincent Van Gogh saw almond blossoms, he did not think of me, a brown boy becoming. He thought of his nephew and of life beginning again. Oh, Vince saw almond trees blossom against the backdrop of everything we know as home and painted it into a poem. Question, has anyone ever wanted to borrow the blossom of some other fruit? I swear some days I am a mango tree or a man made of mango or maybe just some other man either way. I'm familiar with being a sweetheart, with eating my heart out of some other body until all my blood cells gush gold. See, the best of me is what happened when the rest of me stopped sleeping in graveyards and started digging gardens instead. My mother. She told me I was the first kiss of spring, so I know how to surrender my mouth without unbecoming. I denounced the wreckage of every previous season because all the winter did was tell me what I was not. All the autumn did was love me to death, and all the summer did was make my heart break humid. So yes, I want to be part of spring's announcement. I want to feel the, fla- I want to feel the flowers firework inside of me without having to set myself on fire first. Can anyone tell me what it means to see a beautiful thing and have your first thought be, please don't ever leave? Can anyone tell me what it means when you see yourself as a beautiful thing and still don't want to stay? I gave myself to graveyards all my life. But when the sky surrenders itself to love like it does, what else am I to do but fall in love with myself too? Thank you. I have my set list. Um, 
I'm automatically editing it. So today, when I was in class in criminal law, I was searching today in history because I wanted to figure out what happened today because this is my first time ever having a feature in Houston at right about now. So we're making history tonight. You are making history tonight. And if I've learned anything as a history major, which also, history majors get more dates. Holla. Okay, so today is, today this year, a bunch long time ago, is when the Constitution was finally finished in Philadelphia at the Constitutional Convention. And that, I guess that's a big deal. Um, so this is for my favorite um, guy. This is a poem defending Nicolas Cage, actor, man, treasure hunter. A cage. A cage, by definition, is designed to contain, as to confine movement, as to keep in by keeping out, as in no, you cannot leave, as in the physical separation of anything deemed either powerful or dangerous. They have cages for people. They have cages for ideas. They have cages that look like countries. They have cages that look like institutions. They have cages that look nothing like cages. A cage is a home of a wild thing. I know a boy named Nicholas who found stages the way awkward boys find love, and he captured every bit of spotlight he could. The audience laughed and applauded, blew kisses and threw flowers for this boy until his gratitude swelled into an ocean, his heart a single lighthouse that will always guide him home. But there is such a thing as darkness, Nicholas. You must know this. Fast forward, enter. Nicholas Cage losing his shit, eight million YouTube hits, the chorus of rocks and spits and swear begin to fill up the YouTube and Facebook comments. Hating somebody is so funny these days. It's so American in its nature, isn't it? You start calling him actor, and I call him specimen, beast, creature, fiend, a terrible thing. Dance, Nicholas, dance, but it does not matter what you do. They will not love you. You are a puppet with a thousand puppeteers all shifting your scripts into string that snap your neck and the pain just reels and reels. For every movie you crashed and burned, they buried you in ash and asked no questions and expect no problems. The critics, see, they stopped writing reviews. Instead, they began boxing you in bar by bar, their words awarding for your conscience. Ghostwriter, bar. Ghostwriter, two, bar. Lord of War, bar. Next, bar. Sorcerer's Apprentice, bar. Bar by bar, they trapped you in a cage, thinking you could not act your way out. But you stole the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Left Las Vegas with the golden man in your hand and was a family man for your family, man. You were a matchstick man, OCD, tick-tick, convict, con artist in midair. They could not kill you, Nicholas. The first time I watched Raising Arizona, I laughed so hard, the air in my lungs was no longer caged in. You pulled your face off and put it back on, and you stole the Declaration of Independence, Nicholas. Do not wither away by their false judgment by their fake praise for this. This is the most human thing they know. To take something and make it into nothing just so you can say, look what I did. Look how easy it is to strip someone of their value and laugh at the carcass of their self-worth. Nicholas, when you named your son after the birth name of Superman, Cal-El, were you hoping for a miracle? Did you discover that being a man is just that? Did you want your son to be more than just a man, but thick-skinned, worthy, strong? Did you want him to be a man of the people, wanted, necessary, loved, everything that you are not? Thank you.
learned the other day you can't say happiness without also saying penis. Penis. Hap. Penis. Penis is happiness? I laughed, and I laughed until my laughter scraped my voice black, so my laughter cackled like men who start fires in women and forget to put them out. My laughter sounded like two egos trying to swallow themselves whole. My laughter reduced its hunger into a satiated smirk as the rest of my mouth slipped into a crooked and familiar sadness when I thought of all the men who have pointed at their penises like it was the only way to happiness, like a real centerpiece of meat, like a blessing bestowed by us mighty men who put themselves they don't belong, by men who use their cocks as gavels and courts that will not judge them, by men who defend their cocks, not out of hate or spite, but because it's the only thing they haven't learned to let go of yet. See, it's, it's a phantom limb, not because it is missing, but because it haunts them. And suddenly, women become the houses we try to ghost bust a nut in. It is, it is impossible to say happiness without also saying penis. What a curious compulsion the English language dictates. Everything that leaves our mouth has a history, and men have always been history's hungriest heroes. Look at our stomachs. There's a broken record player of every history we scratch and called mine, 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 mine is a lullaby buried in the Y chromosome. It becomes the motivation for take and take and take. We see beautiful things, and we take and we take and we take history lesson. Man did not want the moon because it was beautiful. Man wanted the moon because the moon did not want him back. We cannot go without want. We cannot go without words unless they are pulled from our ribs too. Happiness is a fucking trap. As a boy, I used to ridicule my friends by calling them girls, as if this was an insult. I was only seven I didn't understand the privilege coming from my mouth. Now I and other men choose to call their friends bitches, as if this was a better alternative. See, the problem with our dicks is they get in the way of everything, including progress. If I could, I would replace the word bitch with, don't be the guy who confuses food for flesh. Don't be the guy who puts a slab of meat on a pedestal. Don't be Rick Perry, men. Men, see, we think we know happiness, but really, we are the saddest creatures on earth. Haunted by a phantom limb whose exorcism has yet to take place, we are caught in the middle of our legs, holding on to a promise the rest of the world was built to keep, a promise that should have never been made in the first place. And we, I, do not deserve any of your pity. Thank you. <laughs> large family. My dad had 13 brothers and sisters, my mom has four sisters, and then we're Mexican, so multiply. Um, I have five brothers. The youngest one is 12. Uh, we have different dads, so he's like a little gringo. Uh, his name's Kyler Curlin, and he is my favorite human being in the world to just catalog and just like make fun of and, and poke around. He's like in seventh grade now. He's playing football. He's like this tiny little midget. Um, full of just life, and I wrote this poem for him. Um, my 11-year-old brother, soon to be 12, he is quick to correct. 
chooses vanilla ice cream anytime ice cream is a choice. Even at Baskin Robbins, he says, in such a way, small, smooth, waffle cone mouth, and transient, regardless of convention or reason, puberty is a season constantly reinvented. He likes what he likes what he likes. And there's a picture of him that I took on the last day of sixth grade. The glass theater panels, real sunlight around him. His body swims, fish of light. I see him, and he is beautiful, blithe, and barely five feet high, holding his favorite flavor in his mouth. The very thing his tongue refuses departure is melting right in front of him, and he still says yes to it to be young again. It is at this point, I'm calling him vanilla. And he thinks it's a diss, because his skin is more German potatoes than Carnegie's style of glory. So he sucks his teeth like a breeze leaving a room. Identity enamors me, but empties the enamel off my baby brother's teeth. When he speaks, something is already missing. Like a tortilla without butter on the inside, there is silence where there should be more noise. And I imagine the rest of his life unfold into a windstorm of, por favor, crayame. Believe me, his stutter stumbling back from toddlerhood each time he defends his right to coexist inside and beneath his white skin where all his hidden heritage begins. Biracial boy, dressed in pale, makes pretend his Mexican body is the scariest myth. I've been you before, baby brother. And there is no escaping the history of you. Vanilla bean, you are broken into, but your color is not confiscated. White bread boy wonder, they will call you, but your heart is a tortilla too. It is at this point I wish to address the young fellow directly. <clears throat> Kyler, the first harvest of vanilla beans passed through hands belonging to people who look just like me, or mom, or grandma. Sometimes called the food of the gods, the vanilla beans sprung from indigenous hands and into Spanish mouths. Conquistadores picked the black-brown flower from the topsoil of Aztec tongues. Cortez's conquest coddled the vanilla pod until it woke up in Europe, became westernized, cracked by creation. The seeds see themselves by splitting open. Listen, little king of my heart, your blood is what cannot be seen. Your blood as a black brown flower, regardless the sound your tone of skin sends. Regardless how they think your flesh is too less brown to be a Mexican man, a brown boy, but mother made you, and her mother made her, and her mother her, don't you see? You are what you are who you are. They will continue to seek what makes your blood food for the gods. But your heart has been cultivated long before this moment, but no one can know it. Unless you do. You can find Zach online as at CabbyThePoet on Twitter. I'm sure he would love to have your tweets with all your praise for his great poetry.
And so this poem, this poem came also right before my 21st birthday, 22nd, I'm sorry, 22nd birthday. And um, I was just grateful uh, because I realized that I'm here and that's enough. Gratitude is the only face of God I know. I know God. God, I know. I am 22. I am 22 when everything is new again. To be a side effect of spring, to be brought by spring. Is this why the bloom greets me pretty on my knees? It is Sunday and it is spring in Austin and I am on my knees pretty. I'm sitting under a shade with three men who have three dogs each, Rocket, Charlie, Sonic. Their names were appropriate. And when these men's dogs would go too fast or too far, they would not yell or shout or shatter, merely whistle with wonder and ask, sweetheart, where are you? And I think that's significant. The most beautiful woman I have ever known. Okay. Maybe it's just the most beautiful woman I've ever seen today, but oh, isn't that the same? And now she's feeding me cupcakes, and I am caving on the inside of my grandfather's veins, that diatribe and insulin, because the sugar doesn't want to stay inside of him. So these days, I swallow honey. I remember a poster in my, my elementary school saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Or was it beholder? I am 22 now and decide it is beholder. It is still spring and it's still Sunday and Austin. I am sitting under a tree sharing a shade with Rocket because we get it. Oh, we get it. And when I get up to leave, Rocket looks at me as if you were to ask, sweetheart, where are you going? And I look back at him. I say, I'm going weightless. I feel my body now. Wait. I spoke too soon. Sometimes the tongue is a trick you have to trace back to get. I feel my body encouraging itself. So now I am worryless. The funny thing about that is when I typed worryless into my phone, even it tries to correct the word to worthless. I feel my body now, so I am worthless? What an absurd sentence. I am the 22nd edition of myself and still feel vintage. That isn't an absurd sentence. It's just a privilege to say when gratitude is the only face of God you know, and it is Sunday, and you are your mother's son, and her, your mother is her mother. You know, it's just a privilege to pray like you do, like everything you do has allowed you the spring of yourself to come true. So why don't you Swallow that for a bit. Trace the tongue back so you can finally get it. Most people do not know how to eat and therefore cannot pray like this. They assume it's in the chew and not the cherish. Cool. To say I am not virtuous is one thing. To say I am without virtue is entirely different. Worlds apart. I have parts of worlds in me. I learned about honor in the third grade. 
Mr. Ham's class. It was the hardest word for my tongue to trace, for I knew what it meant. I just didn't know how to get it. So I took my last name and the word honor and learned the two were exactly the same shape. But unlike my name, I had to earn honor first. So I carried my surname like a samurai sword and swore it would keep me safer. It was both what I was protecting, what would protect me. When I was 10 years old, nobody could pronounce my last name. I guess it had to do with the fact that all of my friends were white. No, maybe that's unfair. Okay, no, actually, it's because all of my friends were white. So at 10 years old, I stopped caring what my name sounded like. It became white noise and white mouths, and I was too afraid to be too brown in front of them, so I drowned out the voices, watched my honor stumble and be slain. Every time someone dropped my name on its head, I told myself, I told myself it was funny and forced a laugh so loud it could cloud the culture. I did not want to consume me. Yes, haha, -ha, my last name is very Mexican. Yes, it is all over the Taco Cabana bathrooms. No, it doesn't mean bathroom. You can just say caballero if it's easier. What I didn't realize is I wasn't just shaving my name to whatever shape these strangers' tongues preferred. I was ripping my grandfather's calloused hands apart when he gave this name to my father to give to his son's pops. I apologize for all the times I did not think twice, for all the times I refused to speak up, for all the times I did not protect what grandpa gave to you to give to me. Daddy, I am so sorry for being so selfish. I now know my name is where my honor lays. It was born in a one-story house in Lockhart, Texas. I have learned how to wield its blade, so you will learn how to say my name, caballero. It means gentleman. It means knight. Not like the sky or an absence of light, but honor is my birthright. We'll get this right. In Spanish, the double L makes a yeah sound. The ER makes a the sound. Caballero, when you say my name, let it scrape across your tongue like you are paving an ancient highway to take you somewhere you've never been. I will take you somewhere you've never been. I like my name. It's cute. I like being cute. But if you say Cavallo, Cabrillo, Cabrero, that shit is not cute. When you say my name, let it hang in your throat like a cloud of smoke on a rainy day. Rising from the flames I set when I set myself on fire inside of your cheeks, hoping leave a spark in your teeth. So next time we speak, you feel my name sting like it's something you don't ever want to forget. Thank you so much. That's all for Right About Now today. Again, that was Zachary Caballero at Right About Now in Houston, Texas. You can find some of Zach's poems online on the Right About Now YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube and search Right About Now. You can also find Right About Now everywhere else on the internet as at Juan Poetry. Again, my name is Davis Land, and you can find me online at davisland.info. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating and comment. If you've been listening for a while now, you know I ask that every week, and I promise it really does help us. So, if you're feeling generous. As always, thanks to WCAI in Woods Hole, Massachusetts for letting me record in their studios.